0: The podcast. Uh, my name is Eric, and my name is Ryan, and we're back, baby! Fired up
1: yep. to the end of this movie. Oh my gosh! And we are co-hosts. There is no ranking of who is the primary host or who is the other host. We are equal hosts, equally paid, equally, equally paid. ranked. Yep, equally paid and ranked. I only started because I had the mouse of the computer, and so it doesn't matter. Maybe Ryan will introduce it next time. But there's like, no.
0: If we were playing on a Nintendo, you would probably have controller number one. Yeah, because and I would have controller number two. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're the host and I'm the co-host. Yeah, it's just how it falls right now.
1: We are equal equal hosts, and I would definitely be controller number one because we're at my house. That's the rules. Like when you're at someone's house, that is house rules. Yeah. That's house rules. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could give your you could give your guest the, uh, the the remote, but it would the just controller. feel weird. It, it, would, it would feel awkward. You always. You ever like? Do you ever get like the like the weird remote? Like your the friend always had like the good one. Like oh, here's the, like the GameStop knockoff one.
0: And then you would, or they would have the really good one, and you would have like the standard remote, and you're like, well, it's just not quite as good, but it's not in my house, so yeah. I understand. That's all right. Yeah. And then you're then you beat your friend, and it's
1: like, oh, let's switch remote, let's switch controllers, and you still win.
0: I definitely did the remote switch. Yeah. On a handful of occasions, uh, I don't think it really affected much. Whoever was the better player. Yeah.
1: All right, so we ended last episode with so we started with our introduction of the podcast, and now and we went into the the intro into the movie, uh, as in like the intro intro scene of the uh, candy and the music, all that. So now we're about to begin right after that, and we'll be talking about a few scenes, and you know we'll see where we stop. All right, and then you know we'll be kind of going through you know scene by scene up uh, talking about. Talk about was going on so and so right now you know we, we begin with these kids getting out of school and they are running like their fucking lives depend upon it
0: so. <laughs> they're walking excuse me they're running right to the candy store yeah they're they're storming the candy store also, that, that's what's happening.
1: I don't, know, I don't know if it needs to be noted or not, but uh, you know, all the kids are, you know, white, uh, and, and it's just like you also. It's, ah,
0: sign of the times? Question yeah,
1: mark? Pretty much, and it, you can tell that it's hard to tell where this is, and, and they did it on purpose. So you really can't identify exactly where they are, and they are running in now that you know they're they're talking to the Candy Man.
0: His name is Bill. Bill's the Candy Man's name. is Bill's Candy Shop. And he yeah. is just handing these candy bars to these kids. None of them are paying. Nope. And he's talking oh,
1: hey, we got we got a brand new one. And he says scrum bar, and this dumb kid mispronounces it,
0: right? Well, he does mispronounce it. It's yeah. a scrum diddly umptious bar and he pronounces it scrum bibbly umptious bar. Yeah,
1: scrum yeah, scrum um,
0: and yeah. this kid's name actually he he has a couple of like key lines in the movie. Um and he goes by the name of Winkleman.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's all it says is Winkleman. We only know that. Uh, well, one, I think it does say that in the subtitles here, but later on, we'll t- the teacher pulls him from... We'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that, right? So w- Winkleman mispronounces it, and and then the Candyman starts talking about, you know, a scrumdious bar, and then the kid says, well, how, how, do, you, how do you do it? And he kind of, this, the first song kind of begins right here. You know, talked about, you know, you don't question what a candy man does.
0: And this goes back to the whole thing of, you know, high school musical. It's a good thing that everybody in this scene is a really good singer. Yeah. Um, and everybody knows the lyrics to the song uh, because the candy man, Bill, is actually a pretty good singer. Um, and he just starts shelling out the candy to this kid. It, Spoonfuls of, what is that, M&M's?
1: Yeah, it's like spoonful of M&M's is like getting poured into the hands. Also, dude, like how is he tracking this like who like how how are these kids going to pay this
0: and is there like, an inventory guy at this candy shop and you know how's he counting who you know how much candy's going out cuz no. we're talking handfuls he's putting these kids up on the stools and he's and, okay here we go oh
1: yeah and by the way in this scene you see the i'm not sure if anybody grew up with this shit but the candy buttons it was like those multicolored buttons that were like that were on they were just
0: dots on a sheet wax, of paper like wax paper y- yes
1: awful I don't know how those or Necco wafers are still around.
0: And he's pushing himself around on this ladder like he's a librarian, just going from, like, candy container to candy container and just throwing them at the kids. Yeah,
1: And he's also... Free
0: gumballs? Yeah. These kids can't consume all this at the same time.
1: No. And also, on a quick side note, he's singing about Wonka, right? He's a candy man owner. He's a candy shop owner and owns multiple... There's multiple brands of candy here, and he just decides, I'm going to sing about Wonka. Like... I get it, that's the movie, but still, like, why the
0: just this one guy? Because this Slugworth a shout out, you know. And then he lets them all in the back. He just opens up, he opens up the like barrier between the customer and the workers, and he just lets them in the back to grab whatever the heck they want. Um, the one thing that I will say is, you know, in this movie, they obviously acknowledge Willy Wonka, they acknowledge Slugworth, yep, but they do not. Call out by name uh, Fickle Gruber, yeah. who is in the book as another you know like candy store owner right um
1: and we and we talked about this we talked about this a little bit, but like we we will talk about the book we are i'm telling you right now we are not going to talk about the the mo- the new movie, but the book right does mention does mention a few other of the candy makers
0: by right? the way, you do say the new movie, and I believe that you 're referencing the one that shall not be named yeah. with um Captain Jack Sparrow. Yep. Right? Um, However, there is a new movie coming out, I believe this year, called Wonka. Uh, Uh, I think on Netflix, right? Well, I don't know what streaming service or theater that it is going to be released in, but uh, Timothy Chalamet is supposed to play Willy Wonka's character. Um, So that is the new, new hotness. Oh, yeah. But it's not quite out yet, as as you listen to this right now and as we put this down. Um, But, yeah. um, Like, Fickle Gruber is a character, or at least mentioned a lot more in the book. Yeah. He's not mentioned by name in the movie. However, his name is on some of the candy in Bill's candy shop.
1: And it's, I just wanted to do a, uh, you said it's not out as as this moment. I don't know how long it's going to take us to edit this, but I'm sure we'll probably beat, beat it by the time the movie comes out. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Have, yeah, have, have to. to. Yeah, We have to. And now we're saying that on the podcast, that means we actually you know, we have to do
0: it. And if you look on IMDb right now, I believe the movie is just called Wonka. Um, that movie is the release for it is supposed to be December of 2023. That's a tentative yeah. date. That, yeah, that's yeah. not that's not an official date. So yeah, um, yeah. So just crazy scene, really good song, really memorable song. Yeah, the Candy Man, right? Yeah. Um, but just the, I mean, these kids are getting all this free candy. And then Reaching into jars, not COVID friendly, by the way, they're not washing their hands. No one cares. Come I mean, on now.
1: It, listen, it's just ridiculous. And this is part probably why some of the pandemic pandemic happened, all right, guys, is that these kids weren't being hygienic, you know?
0: Did you call it a pandemic?
1: Not a chance in hell but I say that.
0: Are you saying that it was planned?
1: No, absolutely not. There's no way.
0: There's no way that was no nope. five hundred thousand dead. That might be exaggerated a little I bit. I think
1: that's I think you're underselling it.
0: Oh. More than five hundred. I think 000? there's over a million in America. It's a big number.
1: I think, like, it happened not too long ago.
0: I'm starting to get a little depressed talking about COVID and a pandemic.
1: We can go further, but...
0: Um, well, yeah, so um, let's go back to this scene. Right? Yeah.
1: And by the way, these kids fucking, like, ran into the store like they were about to take it over. And
0: you know? he met them like he expected them to walk in to the candy store.
1: That can't be good for them. That can't be, like, this. this is happening every... Every day, I mean, we're assuming a lot, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that I will point out, one of the candies, because, listen, we're doing this podcast because it's nostalgic, and we watched it back when, when we were children. And when you're a kid, you want the sugar. You want the candy, right? Oh, yeah. So you're watching this movie because there's um, extreme sensory, like, visuals of candy here. And one of, the, one of the candies in here that I just wanted to mention are those big-ass lollipops. Did, did, you, did you have those a lot as a kid or no? Um, occasionally. And I think everybody here probably has the same experience. You start licking this thing for, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. And then you're over it. And your and tongue's, you like, got,
1: your tongue's uh, like torn
0: up. And your tongue's torn up. It's numb. It's all kinds of colors that your friends are, oh, your tongue's blue, you know. And you still got 80% of this thing left, and it either goes in the trash or it hangs around your house and it, collects dust. It's just not even realistic. I mean, I think we, I think we probably grew up with
1: uh, blow pops. Those are pretty good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and then the like, the like the the redheaded stepchild was, I think Tootsie Pops. Ooh, Tootsie Pops. It's not. That's not as good.
0: No. 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 Not as close. Yeah. But, um, in this scene, those those big lollipops, fly off the shelf in rhythm. By the way, yeah. of the song.
1: Oh uh it should be noted that ryan here used to be and is but i mean still a drummer he knows how to play drums but
0: once a drummer always a drummer
1: yeah i think that is that law or no
0: uh i mean it's drum law It's drum law. yeah or drum theory yeah drum i don't theory. know listen man if you have a guitar if you play the guitar yeah. you can only practice the guitar when you have it on you i can play drums with my two hands and my two feet so as yeah. long as i didn't just lose a limb I can tap a beat and I can play on things, percussion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I tried playing harmonica uh,
1: for a week, so mm. I get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's,
1: uh, <laughs> so, and then, so the kids are, you know, the camera kind of pans away. You see Charlie just staring into the store, and he's not in there. So, Charlie Bucket <laughs> is poor. That is established, right? He, or he is lower income. But, one thing I, I at least I point out to, to Ryan when we're watching this is that I don't think he, I think he could be in there if he wanted to because there's no really way that the kids are paying for that. But he's in there. He's not in there because he has to go work. He has to go work for, to provide for his family, and he has to go to Mr. Jopek. By the way, you know, great guy. You know, um.
0: <laughs> he employs people of lesser means. Yeah, and the kid, kids.
1: Yeah, and Charlie is I don't know what age. I'll tell you what, it's definitely not American working age. This is definitely child labor.
0: Well, I don't know about that. He has a paper route. I had a paper route when I was in the fifth grade.
1: Uh, I I didn't.
0: Well, you know, it wasn't very high paying. Yeah. But I brought in some cheddar. And by some cheddar, I mean like 25 bucks every other week or something to that effect. But listen, when when I see Charlie on the outside of the candy shop, my interpretation of that was that these are kids who are of means, yep. and Charlie is not of means. Therefore, he doesn't have the privilege of eating candy whenever he wants, and these other kids do. But as Eric pointed out, Charlie has to go to work, and these kids don't. They can be kids, but Charlie has to help provide for his family at the young age of whatever he's supposed to be, 12. Yeah. I think he's not older than 12 in this, his character.
1: I don't, I don't remember seeing that in the book. Uh, please feel free to tweet at us and tell me the correct age. I, I'd i love to see that. Um, <laughs> But there's no way. So yeah, he has to go work and, and he has to remind Mr. Joe Peck that, hey, guess what? It's, you know, it's payday. Today's payday, hey, Mr. Payday, Joe Peck. Let's go, you know? <laughs> Puts it in his big old bag there and uh, he gets on his way and... And he hands and then, him
0: one coin, maybe yeah, two.
1: Which, again, so I'm not sure we've said this yet, but this some background is that this film is uh, on... They filmed this in Germany, right? And they took extra extra attention to not really make it look like it was in Europe. They wanted to make it look like it was, you know, anywhere any town USA. That, yes. You know, they didn't want it to be one specific place. They wanted it to be anywhere that you could imagine this place would be.
0: Yeah, as the as the movie progresses, they definitely call out some geographic places, like they call it Germany, they call yeah. it Montana, Arizona, et cetera. But they don't say where Charlie Bucket is from. And they don't say where the Wonka factory actually is yeah. geographically. Um, and they, they pay so much attention to that that we have people with different accents yeah. all over.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll see that here in a little bit. But, you know, uh, the British, I mean, I, I don't think, is, is Bill British?
0: Like the Candyman? Yeah, British. I don't know what accent that was. It definitely wasn't American. No, and like he wasn't an, from
1: Ohio. I can old, tell you that. Uh, <laughs> definitely not Long Island. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Winkleman, yeah, he, that thats definitely an American kid. You know, he has—that's no, that's an American accent. So,
0: yeah, that kid definitely grew up in Pawnee, Indiana, for sure.
1: This is listen. This is not a Parks and Rec podcast, guys. Podcast. This is a Charlie Willy Wonka. Excuse me. Willy Wonka
0: factory. and the Chocolate Factory.
1: Emphasis on Willy Wonka. All right. So then, like, so he's running home. He, he, he did his little paper route. He threw, uh, he threw that, you know, newspaper into
0: that woman's basket,
1: and she just kept on moving like it was no
0: big deal. You
1: know, sure, whatever.
0: And now it's dark outside. Kids get out of school. It's usually light, but he had to work. So it's dark, and he's
1: on his way to his sh- shack, and... Uh, He's looking. At, he, you see the Wonka factory. So these big gold gates, these big metal gates. Uh, says Wonka on top of it. And I believe this may have been a gas, uh, a form of gas, like gasworks type of uh, industri- industrial park. But to, for that particular filming, and then he runs into the Tinkerer, who does this awesome, awesome, um, creepy. I I love the, I love the Tinkerer here, right? And the tinkerer says some things to him, right? Oh, I think I passed it. Excuse me. I have the, uh, we have the transcripts pulled up here. And he says, You know, up the airy mountain and down the rushing glen, we do not go a hunting for fear of little men. You see, nobody ever goes in and nobody ever comes out. So, this tinkerer, they establish this character in this movie. But again, quick reference to the book uh, Grandpa Joe actually says that, that line to Charlie and it's not the, the Tinker in the book I don't think there's a tinkerer
0: I believe this happens a few times where people in the movie have lines that other characters have yeah. in the book yeah
1: so the tinkerer goes and, and Charlie's like running home uh, and we you know, cut to you know, we cut to Grandpa George and Georgina they're, you know, they're lying in bed knitting and, and again so we have George and Georgina I'm sorry Joe and Josephine excuse me uh, Joe and Josephine all the names are a lot of the names you'll in the book are like Joe and Joe Josephine There's it's like the same name just male and feminine so
0: right this is the, this is a uh, repetitive theme that you'll see with the parents uh, he has four grandparents here Joe and Josephine George and Georgina you'll see it later with Henry and Henrietta yep right um, another thing too I believe in the book Charlie had a dad and his dad was alive um I, and in the movie, it's just his mom.
1: I think you're right. Also, and also in the book, George and Georgina did have lines, and they were, but they were like the same like lines over and over again. just kind of like repeating the same thing, like, you know, he shouldn't be doing that. No, he shouldn't be doing that. So they really didn't have much of a character. So maybe that's why they didn't give him any lines. But it's not like Grandma Josephine has any fucking lines. That's so just, it's barely any. It's just you know, it's mostly Joe. You know,
0: listen. I'm just gonna call a spade a spade here. Grandparents, absolutely worthless.
1: By the way, I just want to say I love calling a spade a spade. I always do that. So like why Because
0: I mean spades are spades. Why wouldn't you why would you call it anything else? Listen, uh, Grandma George and Grandma Josephine have absolutely no idea what is going on in this movie. No. They have the glasses Mm -hmm. thick, they can't even see, they don't know what's going on, they have no lines. They've been bedridden for twenty years, right? That's the story. You know, there's not a lot of getting up and going to the bathroom, going to the grocery store. They're not doing anything to provide for this family. So you got Charlie, and you got Charlie's mom. Yeah. And that's about it. Obviously, we see Grandpa Joe get up later in the movie.
1: By the way, Charlie's mom's like a like a 6 out of 10 you know, for her age. She's not bad.
0: You're talking about intellect. Yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> um, so, right, so he comes home. And, uh, you know, I think Grandpa Joe is the only one that has some serious lines in this movie. But one of the things is he he keeps complaining about the floor being cold. You know, maybe if the floor wasn't so cold, like, do your feet not adapt to the temperature if you just stand up?
1: That's, and that, it's just that, it's like the floor being cold is incentive enough to continue to lay in bed all day and not provide for your fucking family. It's just, you know... They're worthless.
0: They're completely worthless.
1: They are, and and listen, we are not right now trotting into new territory. This has this has been discussed. There is plenty of memes online and discussion boards. I think there's actually a website. I think there's a website that talks about how much of a piece of shit (laughs) Grandpa Joe is, and I'm I'm hardly exaggerating. You guys can. Well,
0: look, he does. He's not complete of the four grandparents. Yeah. He has the most worth. Obviously, he has some pretty key parts in the movie. He has some good words of wisdom for Charlie, right? Um, he, he's his escort, for lack of a better yeah, term, maybe. To, to the chocolate factory. Yeah. Well, I, I, guardian. Guardian. Pa- Parent slash guardian. He had yeah. to sign the permission slip, right? It was like
1: you and one guest. Yeah, so, yeah, escort, sure, we can use that word. Yeah,
0: so he's not as worthless as the other three. But the other three, I mean, it's it's comical why they're even, like, yeah. in the picture. As I mean, and this bed that they're in is so small. And if you take four fully grown human beings, mm-hmm. and you got two yeah. on one side and two on the other, there's a lot of footsie going on there.
1: Yeah, and they're pajamas that they're all wearing, which are, like, identical. These they're old,
0: ratty-looking pajamas. Disgusting.
1: And Charlie's mom looks like does laundry for a living. Yeah, you can't. Charlie's mom does laundry for a living. uh, There's no doubt that she doesn't own it, but she fucking works there. You, she could definitely take the laundry home with her. I'm sorry, to work and get it done and bring it back. Yeah, and also, I mean, we'll get to this later, but uh, at some point in this movie, you know, Charlie's mom. Which I think her name is Mrs. Bucket, so, uh, she does say dad in all the years, but then she calls him Joe later on in the movie. So I'm not really sure, like, if that's her, you know, mother and father-in-law, or if it's George and Georgina, or like her, like, biological parents. But
0: I'm I'm definitely uh, friends with some people who call their parents by their first name. Oh, oh
1: like like bio- They you have friends that call their biological parents their mom and dad.
0: Hey, bi- Steve, and it's. It's their son or daughter. I don't know. Yeah. Some people have that dynamic. I don't know. I, for me, it's always been mom and dad, but I've yeah. definitely seen others for, for other families. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's like that for the buckets.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it's more of an adult. I, I say mom, pa, but, you know, I would never, I, don't know, I never call my dad, you know, daddy anymore. Some adults still call their. They do. Uh, yeah. Some do. I weird. think
0: that's also a regional thing. You think? I think. I do think. But I don't know. This is, this, this, so if you listen to the first episode, this gets back to us. We're not experts. No. We are fans. Yep. And uh, we, we consider ourselves funny.
1: Anyway. At so, least on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Yeah. So, and then they're like, hey, you know, he works too hard for a little boy, you know, and it's just like. Well, then what? why don't you get up and do something, old yeah. man? And Grandma Josephine establishes, you know, well, Mrs. Buck says there's not enough hours a day with the four you bedridden for the past twenty years. It takes a lot of work to keep this family going, T- bedridden for twenty years. All right. And then Grandma Josephine, if only his father was alive. And it's just like it's just the whole thing's ridiculous. That anyway. So you know, they talk about this. What's going on? Uh, you see the smallest TV in the fucking world on uh, the back. And, yeah, George, Joe, Grandpa George and Josephine just passed out, you know, from their fucking hard day of laying in the bed.
0: They're getting that good sleep. His mouth was opening every yeah. time he snored.
1: That's some good acting if I ever seen it. Yeah.
0: And, they're, yeah. And, and Right? So their So their typical meal for dinner was cabbage water. Which, by the way, banging with a little bit of salt, you know, not too bad. You could probably put some salt in there and it wouldn't yeah. taste too bad. And then Charlie comes home, right? And everybody is so happy to see him. Oh, wake yeah. up. Charlie's home. Everybody's so excited. He's the highlight of their day. Yeah. He's the youth of the family. He's, he's their pro- income. He is. He's their <laughs> primary and secondary income at 12 years old. Yeah. He has all the energy in the family.
1: And, yeah. And he said the cabbage water and then all that stuff. Then like, so that's our supper. But that word is coming back too. supper. So it's, I think
0: it's coming back. People don't use supper anymore. It's
1: coming back, baby.
0: My grandparents use the word supper.
1: Yeah. I had an old neighbor when I was a kid ask me what I was having for supper. I had, I had no idea what I was talking about.
0: You didn't know what he was talking about?
1: What the fuck supper was?
0: I mean, supper is dinner for those youngsters out there who don't know. For the, yep. un,
1: for the uninitiated, if you will.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Charlie comes home, as you were saying. Yeah, and then he brings home a loaf of bread, right? That he earned with his own money yeah. from his paper route. And his mom acknowledges and says... We'll have a real banquet.
1: Yeah. Well, also, before that, before the mom says that, uh, they ask, where'd you get that? The moms ask, where'd you get that? And Grandpa Joe says...
0: Great line right here.
1: Yeah. This is like, what difference uh, does it make where he got it? The point is, he got it. So, he's, he's fine with, you know, with... Sur- Murder, sur- theft. Survival, st- stealing for survival.
0: Yes. You know, I think that, that's... That, but that's how poor that they were.
1: Yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck it. A loaf of bread? You know, why not? So, you know, the mom says, hey, it's a real banquet because it was the first payday. So she, he gives her what he has left, except a little bit, which he wants to give to Grandpa Joe to pay for his tobacco.
0: Sign uh, of the times. I'm yep, going to say that, too. Yep.
1: yep sign of the times, guys. That's going to be our catchphrase for this Listen, whole movie.
0: There, there are a lot of sign of the times here. Um as we've already pointed out with one scene, and it'll happen a couple other times, paying for tobacco like it was just a necessity. Yeah. Like it was a thing that people had to have. You had to pay for the tobacco. Yeah. They, aunt- they didn't specify what kind in, in what means he was consuming yeah. tobacco, but whatever it was, I mean, that was just normal back then.
1: They, they do say it's a pipe a day. Oh, come on, Joe. It's just, yeah, Grant. Uh, Charles oh, yeah, it's says, just one pipe yeah, a day. Oh, come on, Joe. It's just one. Oh, no, Dad. Dad, it's only one pipe a day. In her non-regional accent—it's not British. It's either—I think it's light British. That's what it is. It's like it's
0: colonial American.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it is. It definitely, it's, it's something for.
0: Uh, it's something. Where, so, is, where is the Partridge Family? Because that's what it fits right there. I—that's her accent.
1: I did not watch that growing
0: up. I didn't either. But that's what I'm getting. I mean, I've seen, like, bits and pieces here and there, you know?
1: It's, you know, it's also kind of like, it's almost like a caricature, which I'm going to use that word a lot more. Uh, But, like, it's just, like, in TV, you see, like, a high, but she's not high and tight, like, snooty, but she definitely sounds, like, educated and, like, of status for being, you know, poor, though.
0: Yeah. Um, Grandpa Joe delivers a pretty good line here where he says when a loaf of bread looks like a banquet i have no right buying tobacco it's at- basically charlie says here's the rest of my pay money yeah. i'm going to give it to you for your tobacco and grandpa joe tells him no yeah. and um that's that's what i'm getting at is he's not he's not completely worthless no he's not um because he does care charlie's been putting in putting in work he's been earning some of the family's pay so um so he doesn't take his money for for the tobacco
1: yeah so you know, actually, I think he does take it.
0: He does take it.
1: He does take it.
0: Don't take it.
1: He just holds it. He's on So Oh, well, he took it. Because it, well, you know, because it happens, happens later on. No, I know what happens yeah, later you on. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so now everyone's sleeping. You know, again, Charlie's mom, easy. I think I'm going to upgrade her. 7 out of 10, you know?
0: Intellect. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. <laughs> Uh, so now, now Charlie's up and he's talking to, uh, to grandpa Joe, which by the way, I wanted to kind of bring this up earlier and I'm not sure if if you grew up with this, but you remember, uh, remember the, the mattress brand sleepies now it's like mattress warehouse. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Remember like that. Do you remember like they had like a mascot? Like it was like the sleepies guy. It was just like a, a a dude in like pajamas. Do you remember that? No, no, I'm sorry. But it's like identical pajamas. Like it was just like, Uh. It was, you know what it was? It was also kind of like that, that dumb game, the don't wake up dad game. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that dad was like in those like pajamas. Yeah. Same pajamas, It's
0: like the nightcap.
1: Yeah, that's the only the thing. The
0: actual nightcap. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's the only thing that Grandpa Joe's missing.
0: Are pe- were, pre- were people really wearing hats to Just, bed?
1: Yeah, because they had to stay warm because they didn't have like central heat. You know, it was like they didn't have like central heating. They were like with fireplaces. In so, like
0: the 30s and the 40s? There was for no furnace. There was no, for a while. Oh man!
1: You know, they had to wear all that stuff to bed to stay warm.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: We listen. We are not historians. Let's make that very clear. Okay.
0: We're in our thirties. Mm-hmm. Not our, yeah, collectively Co- not early, not mid, not late. Collectively, collectively, we, we are, are just in our thirties.
1: On average, though, if we we're doing quickly, <clears throat> um, that's seven.
0: We're 35 years old collectively on average. That's quick math. Yeah. Yeah. It's also correct.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, so now Charlie, everyone's asleep except for Charlie and uncle and grandpa Joe. And Charlie's telling grandpa Joe like, Hey, by the way, after I finished the paper, I was walking home and I was right in front of the, the Wonka factory. And, uh, I was just looking in, and then there's a tinkerer, and right before I left, he said to me, "Nobody ever goes in, and nobody ever comes out." And then Grandpa Joe is like, "Yes, you're right," and he uh, like he knows this whole, like this whole he gives thing. him
0: the whole, he the, the whole history or the or the or the tall tale yeah. of the Wonka factory, right? Yeah.
1: So he he goes on to talk about like yes he lo- like that's right not since the tragic day that Willy Wonka locked it. You know, Charlie asked him why. He says, because all the chocolate makers in the world were sending the spies. And this is a what we were talking about earlier is that there was Slugworth, there was Figgler Groupers, like there's other names in the book that, you know, all these competitors, right, that wanted to steal his secret recipes, especially Slugworth. So here's where they established that Slugworth is the enemy. And they built that up in here. So it's just like, that Slugworth is the worst and he's like, you know, He had to shut it down because Wonka shouted, I shall be ruined. Close the factory. And that's what he did. And he locked the gates and vanished completely. And then suddenly, three years later, the most amazing thing happened. The chocolate factory started working full blast. And the most delicious candies were coming out before and before the gates. Yeah, before. But the gates stayed locked so that no one, not even Slugworth, could steal them. You know, so that's.
0: They're really establishing these two opposing entities, right? Which are candy companies. Yeah. But we know the CEOs yeah. basically, Wonka and Slugworth, much like Coke and Pepsi. Yeah. You know what I mean? McDonald's, Wendy's. We don't want. We don't want to name any other brands
1: though, because we're not getting. We're, this is not sponsored by Coke and Pepsi and Wendy's and McDonald's. So. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Probably not, because I, you know, I said, "Oh, fuck!" Already. Anyway, so. <laughs> But Grandpa Joe, you know, and Charlie asks, right? But Grandpa Joe, someone must be helping him. And Grandpa Joe says, thousands. And Charlie asks who they are. And Grandpa says, that's the biggest mystery of them all. That, that's the biggest mystery of them all. Is of helping. who
0: actually works. Who actually does the work. Of all time. Yeah.
1: who That's the biggest mystery, is who is helping out Willy Wonka.
0: And we find that out a little bit later.
1: Oh, yeah. And so that's the end of that scene right there. And then we kind of... Not kind of. We roll into the next scene, right? Which is Charlie's school, okay? Right into the next scene. And Charlie's school features a teacher by the name of Mr. Turkentine. all right? And...
0: Listen, I'm just going to, again, spade a spade. Some of my favorite characters in this movie Mm -hmm. are the side characters. Oh, yeah. And I'm not just talking about the other kids that get into the chocolate factory. I'm talking about the ones that kind of depict... What the rest of the world is like when this contest happens. Yeah. When it when the when the announcement of the five golden tickets, and Charlie's teacher is the first one that we really see. Yeah. Just goofy. I might use the word quack a lot, but he just looks like a quack. Extremely British.
1: It's like it's he and we don't want to say that. Like they made him as a caricature of like he's just he has. Bad teeth, or whatever, but like he really is like a caricature of what like this might be, and this is also made back in the seventies, right? And this is written by Roald Dahl, who grew up, you know, probably in the grew up probably in like the forties, maybe even before that in the twenties and thirties. We don't know his age. We're not experts, but kind of like you know, Pink Floyd was talking about this in another brick in the wall part two is. You know, the teachers back then, and they were just, you know, mean and condescending and sarcastic and all that. So, and then they have this character, the, uh, the teacher, who, by the way, does deliver some pretty, pretty, pretty funny lines, right?
0: Raul Dahl was born September 13th in 1916. Yeah, there we go. So, that's post Titanic.
1: Okay, yeah, that's what year was Titanic?
0: It was like 1911, I think. Yeah. Or something like that. Why do you know that? I don't know. I saw the movie Titanic a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie, right? We were raised in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and he died, by the way, Raw Doll died November 23rd of 1990. Who we are? So we were born. We were born. I was. I don't know about you. I was.
1: Uh, I was one year, I was one years old. Look at that. Because I was, I was born on the 28th yeah. of November. I hear you. Yeah, not to put out too much... Identifying things, anyway. So, also, you said like that was pre-Titanic. I, for me, everything. No, post. Post. For me, I'm dead. It's either pre or post nine eleven. You know, like so. This this was pre nine eleven.
0: We're using nine eleven as the, <laughs> it was forty years before nine eleven. Pre nine eleven. The movie was forty years before.
1: Yeah, that's pre nine eleven.
0: He was like eighty years before nine eleven. He was born. <laughs> Listen, it was. Post-Titanic, but pre-Great Depression, right? How about we go there? Yeah. Yeah. During World War I, I believe.
1: Who? He was born, what year was it? You said 16? Yeah,
0: 1916. Correct, yeah. yeah.
1: World War I was 14 to 19.
0: We probably could have just gone with that.
1: That was during World War One.
0: Yes. We left out all the 9-11 stuff.
1: I, well, I didn't want to forget about it. Well, me either. We can't.
0: <laughs> Let's anyway. have a moment of silence.
1: <laughs> On a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay Hey, anyway, that was that moment so then Turkitine right comes up and asks him for some help right and here's what I'm talking about about like the sarcasm which is not so much amplified as Pink Floyd might talk about but is um more so he says you know I have this mixture and you know do you know how it works he's like I don't know sir and he's like of course you don't know you know because only I know and if I know if you knew and I didn't know, then you'd be teaching me. And instead of teaching me, and teaching you. And for a student to teach his teacher is presumptuous and rude. It's like doing this in front of the class. Like you called Charlie up here to fucking embarrass him? It's ridiculous, right?
0: Mr. Turgentine has some pretty good lines.
1: He does. You know, he, he does. But,
0: but my favorite part about this is he has all these chemicals, right, in these jars up at the front of the class. And he says they're extremely dangerous. Yeah.
1: What the? By themselves, but they make a great wart remover. You know, like uh, I don't know what the education worth. I like. don't
0: remember trying to remove warts in science class in any grade.
1: No. Also, I don't remember like doing that until like high school. dealing with, like serious chemicals. And- but
0: even when I took chemistry, I don't remember anything that went poof no. or exploded in my class. No. The coolest thing was probably liquid nitrogen.
1: Yeah. Which, by the way, I mean, we we only know about from Terminator Two, which is like the coolest thing. Yeah.
0: Terminator 2, yeah, like when Schwarzenegger became a good guy. Yeah, he was so badass in the first one as a villain that they had to turn him into a good guy. The they, first, because they had no choice.
1: First one's uh, first one is underrated, by the way. It's a good movie. It's just Terminator 2 was so cool, it kind of outshined the first one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then he kind of became the underdog, right? Because that was the liquid, liquid metal villain, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, whose name I forget. So I don't know I brought it up, but yeah, the the Agile Terminator, the other one who's like the liquid metal one, gets frozen by the liquid nitrogen yes. truck that crashes. Yeah, no, crashes. Yes, that's my reference for liquid. It's a good nitrogen. reference. Yeah, yeah, that's that's solid. My, yeah, point nineties.
0: Right. Yeah, what? Eighties? No, nineties, no. bro. Really? We happen to have these devices in front of us called smartphones. Happen to have an app called IMDb. This Terminator is- Two, Judgment Day, nineteen ninety one. Wow! Yeah, pre nine eleven, pre nine eleven, post Titanic. Um, <laughs> so,
1: so now we're we're back in the classroom. All right, this is a, by the way, this is not a Terminator podcast. Um, but so he missed all these things. There's a giant poof, and then the students laughed, right? Uh, after that, how to go wrong? And now there's a big commotion in the hall, right? And the the teacher is running over to the door, see what the hell's
0: going on, and... And our favorite guy, Winkleman. Winkleman. Side character, right? but has a couple good lines. He's the one who he pulls aside and he asks, hey, what's going on? And that's when Winkleman lays out the contest.
1: Oh, yeah. He tells him, like, hey, he's hitting five golden tickets, and the only people... Excuse me. Sorry. I, I'm a little ahead of myself. It's just like, Wong has opened his factory. He's going to let people in. And then... He says, to them, Are you sure? And Turkentine dismisses the class. Says class dismissed. So he's letting his kids go home early for the day, which is wild. That one teacher could be like, everyone go home and I don't know. That's Nobody
0: it. was releasing elementary or middle all right, so let's even give them the like benefit of the doubt. Let's right. say that it's middle school. Yeah. Nobody's letting middle middle school kids out of class early to go participate in a candy contest. Yeah. Who's getting them home? Are they all walking home?
1: You know that's the that's the charm of this of this movie is that
0: he dismisses them and yeah. then he undismisses them
1: when he finds out that's only for people who find that the people can only get to the factory if they find the golden tickets.
0: But then when Winkleman clarifies more of the rules, he just decides ah screw it I'm just gonna let everybody go.
1: Yeah, class redismissed or class undismissed again no and then redismissed.
0: He dismisses. Let's just set the record straight. Class he dismisses. Split, yep. He undismisses. Yep. And then he re children to just run amok yep. and go find golden tickets and candy bars.
1: And and everyone is running out of the class except Charlie, who is getting his books together and is
0: like slowly walking out. Because he, even though it's candy, he doesn't have the means to just nope. go buy candy bars like everybody else.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. And that's the end of that scene. And we're going to take... A short break, and we will be right back.
0: Here's a message from our sponsors.
1: I think the sponsor might be Slugworth.
0: We just heard from our sponsors, which are nobody. We have no sponsors.
1: No. And I don't know whose fault that is, but it's, you know.
0: So (laughs) Any companies out there looking to sponsor a Willy Wonka podcast Mm -hmm. from two non-experts on it? Pretty much anything, hit us up.
1: Yeah, I'm we'll, sure we will take a call. Answers. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we're at the newsroom right now, and um, the news about the golden ticket contest is officially global.
1: Yep, and again, it's on the smallest TV you can ever imagine. And this and this is not the same newsroom we're going to see again with, with a fellow newscaster. But they're showing like the news showing all around the world There's absolute pandemoniums going on, right? People, they show an Asian market, everyone's crowding there, or Market Asia, rather, is crowding there, and then...
0: And they have Wonka bars getting dropped off at the White House. Yep. People are at a grocery store with
1: carts, shopping carts, full of Wonka bars, just trying to catch out. I'm
0: trying to think of recent crazes that have, you know, been in the world. Right. I mean, the first one that comes to mind, especially back in the 90s, was like the Beanie Baby craze. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, where everyone and their mother had to have Beanie Babies.
1: Oh, uh, you know, fit, uh, you know what? Fidget spinners were pretty big.
0: Fidget spinners.
1: Yeah, that was pretty big for a minute.
0: That was right? pseudo recent. I mean, we're talking like that was five or six years.
1: Right. It was like right before COVID. No. Yeah. I, I was. I remember. You know. I remember like finding one in like 2017 in, in Newport. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was yeah. like six years ago. Yes, yeah. Post 9/11. Yeah. And um, then
0: also post Titanic.
1: Pre COVID. There's, also, there's So there's there's also, there's there's pre-COVID, post-COVID. That's also another thing. Another, you yeah, know, never forget.
0: Tamagotchis. You Tamagotchis are huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What else is there now?
0: Well, there was the sports card craze of yeah. 2020, 2021. Um, yo-yos were pretty big for a while. They were. Again, a lot of mine that I'm referencing are like 90s, like the Pogs. You remember Pogs? <laughs> Pogs yeah. and Slammers. You had Pogs. to have...
1: Do you remember Funny Bones? Vaguely. Yeah. It was... It was I don't know. It was kind of cool. It was like these little... You know This is not a Funny Bones podcast. But we can move on to other things. So.
0: Um. <laughs> so anyway, this is the biggest craze that the world has ever seen. Just people going to the store, getting as many Wonka bars as they possibly can. Yeah. Because the deal is that Wonka put five golden tickets in his Wonka bars, and yep. they're scattered somewhere across the world.
1: All across the world. Um, luckily, no, <laughs> not luckily. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going to come back to that thought later. I fear what I,
0: you're about to say right now.
1: <laughs> uh, so it's, I don't want to say luckily, but it just happens so that all of them are English-speaking. Barely, Augustus, Scoop, Augustus Gloop is doing that, but... All of them are all of them are white kids.
0: Well, we haven't quite gotten there yet, but, you know, he is speaking English, but it's in a German accent. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Yeah, so but, for us non-English, or, or for us non-German-speaking folk, yeah. it was an American movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we still have to understand what he was saying.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm getting ahead of ourselves here. But, so now, all right, so they're showing all the pandemonium, and the, um, really never seen before, which is kind of like, it just goes to this movie of being, super like this, that. This is the fantastical part of it. Is it's like the chocolate is the biggest deal in the world, and everyone like loves chocolate. That how, how incredibly important this is. And there's that. That's the first thought. You know, like what Ryan said, they dropping off chocolate at the White House for that. So it's just like it's crazy.
0: I mean, it's uh. So right, there are five golden tickets hidden within five candy bars across the world, and the people that get the five golden tickets. Will then visit Wonka's factory Mm -hmm. and have a chance at a lifetime supply of chocolate.
1: Lifetime supply of chocolate, which is just, and that's what the newscasters talk about how much everyone that would love that. So,
0: when you're a kid, yeah, if you have a lifetime supply of chocolate, you've pretty much won. Yeah, that's That's your life. Yeah, yeah. When you're an adult, eh, you might want something else. Yeah, you can't really pay bills with chocolate can you pay bills with bitcoin probably
1: like in like san francisco or like probably like more like i say that because like it's a tech industry city so they might be a little more progressive
0: on the off chance that you're listening to this podcast in the year 2030 which is post-covid post-covid um
1: or post-covid and then post-covid too probably
0: yeah uh you you might be able to pay your bills with bitcoin i don't know yeah. but anyway so a lifetime supply of chocolate right let's stay on track yeah yeah
1: huge deal so that ends that particular scene right it's a quick scene they talk about the chocolate how the pandemonium is calling me. they're saying wonka mania and now are
0: we go into our next scene ah <laughs> it's another quack scene it's a great scene side characters i'm telling you as an adult, if you go back and watch this, it is the best seeing what people will go to, what lengths that they are yeah. going to go to here to find these golden tickets.
1: Yeah. So we have a psychiatrist's office, right? And we have uh, the psychiatrist who does have a German accent, right? And it just says doctor. But the client's name is Hofstetter, which is sounds very German. But uh, and the client definitely has like some like faint English accent going on there, right? So – he's talking to him about his dreams and the doctor is just so unbelievably over Hofstadter's bullshit. Like, he's just, I mean, he's writing down shit another day in the office, right? And Hofstadter is telling him about a different dream, though. Like, or th- th- this dream has a little bit of difference to it, right? And he told him that, you know, he dreamed that the archangel appeared and whispered into his ear and told him where he could find a golden ticket. And the doctor, right... Before that, I told him not to believe in one's dreams and a manifestation of of insanity. It's like, you can't believe your dreams. That's crazy. You know, it's insane.
0: Right. And. But he mentioned the golden ticket. And then yeah. the doctor's yeah, he demeanor told, changes on the spot. Instantly, he said, and yeah, he me where to find attention. a golden ticket. Yep.
1: Like, told, and the doctor's like, what exactly did he say? And then Hofstetter gets his attitude with him. He's like, well, what difference did it make? This is a dream, a fantasy. And you just said, you know... Not to believe that.
0: He specifically tells him, shut up and tell me where the ticket is.
1: Yeah. Shut up, Hofstetter, and tell me where the ticket is. Like, I am fed up with your shit. And then we go to the newsroom again. But now this is the newsroom we're going to see throughout. And uh, this guy, this anchor, Stanley Kale, is what says on his little...
0: He's He's essentially narrating to the audience watching this movie. Yeah. But they do try to portray it like he's you know, telling the audience who's sitting at home watching. But he announces that the first person has found their golden ticket. In Dusselheim. So this is
1: now in Germany, Dusselheim, Germany. And this is actually the town where they film the movie at. So they were doing local auditions for this movie. And now we learn about where the first ticket holder, and his name is Augustus Gloop, right? And they are in a... ooh. What is like like a food hall of some sort, a restaurant?
0: Yeah, they're in a restaurant. Yeah. I do, uh, I do find it funny that the reporter that's holding the microphone that's about to introduce the Gloop family, they have the horns of a buck right, right above his head. Right Strategically, yeah, yeah. Just to make him look like a goof. It's funny. Again, this is, yeah, it, it is funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah. It's the character, it's the caricature uh, thing of it all, yeah. right?
1: And also, this is a kid's movie, you know, but for the most part. You know? Yeah,
0: um, so the boy's name is Augustus Gloop,
1: and the pride of Dusselheim, right? And they go to go interview with him, and they go to Augustus man, and he is—he does not stop eating. He's eating and drinking the whole time, right? The, the broadcast is trying to get some type of interview, and he asks him how he's doing. He's like, "Oh, I'm hungry." You know, that's—I'm not sure. I think that was a joke, you know, but.
0: He doesn't stop eating. Yeah, and then and they, they ask him his dad, or sorry, they ask his dad how he feels, and his dad just eats the microphone. Eats the microphone, and great. then he and then he goes to take another bite of his pasta. Yeah, and it's a great, it's a great, it's a great, it's a funny scene to see the doc, the, the dad do that.
1: And they're talking to to Mrs. Gloop, right? And he said, "How do you feel?" And then they they're they're talking to that, but it kind of pans away, and what we see there, right? Uh, and we don't know who this character is yet, but it is, you know, a man with octagonal glasses and a scar on his face who is dressed as a waiter who is taking sausages and very dramatically dropping them onto his plate and whispering into his ear something, right? And we, and it's, it's non-audible. You don't hear what he's saying, you know, but you see it's happening. So after that, that's the end of that scene. Yes. Of We know now the first ticket holder is Augustus Gloop.
0: That's right. And then in the next scene, uh, we have Charlie's birthday. Absolutely. It's all four of his grandparents, and they all say, Happy birthday, Charlie. Happy birthday. And actually, I think you can see Grandma George and Grandpa, sorry, Grandpa George and Grandma Josephine uh, mouth their only lines of the movie, which is, Happy birthday. Ridiculous. Yes. They're not singing "Happy Birthday," by the way.: No, they're why, singing Why aren't they singing "Happy Birthday?
1: Because it was owned at that time, it was not in the public domain. It was owned by the, the Mildred Hill, the hills or whatever their fucking name was, and it only rent, entered the public domain not too long ago, and they would have to pay for the rights to say, to sing "Happy Birthday," which is just
0: If you put "Happy Birthday," the full song, yeah, which is not that long of a song. No. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear, such and such, happy yeah. birthday to you. That song, if you put that in a movie or anything that was on television, then you had to pay a fee for that. Oh, yeah. And I don't believe it was cheap. It can't be. I remember 90s reference again, the movie Blank Check. Yeah. Preston Waters was the main character. At the end of the movie, it was his birthday. And I remember as a kid watching this movie, and his Family sang him happy birthday, but they only said happy birthday to you one time.
1: Yeah. It's just it's and ridiculous. I, and to
0: me, that didn't make any sense. I was like, why didn't they finish the song? Why didn't they sing it correctly? I didn't know at that time, but it was all due to rights, copyright. And it was not until 2016 that Warner Brothers paid $14 million to make it public domain. It's,
1: it's ridiculous.
0: 2016. Yeah. Pre-COVID.
1: Pre-COVID, 911 11 Yes. Yeah. What a great time that one. Anyway, so this scene, but like the happy birthday scene, or them singing happy birthday, that was kind of now what is it? still an inside joke between me and my siblings. Because we, I mean, we watched this movie whenever, whenever it was on TV, we were watching this movie. I'm not sure if we had a cassette, but but we always found it funny that it didn't that they say happy birthday in a weird way. Like this movie's weird and funny in some ways. So it's just like. As a kid, it's just interesting the things you find funny. So uh, so uh they sing their bullshit version of Happy Birthday, right? And they give Charlie a present, and he's opening it up, and it's a scarf. A terrific scarf that Grandpa Georgina and Josephine knitted, and she made the point to say that she did the end pieces with the t- tussles <laughs> in a German accent? It doesn't matter.
0: Um... And then, did you ever make anyone a birthday gift? Like, happy birthday, this is your gift. Yeah. I made it. I'm like, I'm like, I made this for you. Did you ever sew anyone a birthday gift? Sew? So, yes. No. With, like, a sewing machine? Not a chance at hell. Arts and crafts? Um, maybe. I'll tell you what. So, in
1: my senior year of high school, I was in woodworking. We made clocks. Ooh. In time for Father's Day. So I did that for my dad. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. Any other, I mean, I've made, you know, I've made food for people as a gift. Yeah. I may maybe not for their, yeah, I think by, by bequest for their birthday, like, yeah, I'll make this for you. So on a technicality, sure. But like in terms of like knitting something,
0: no. If you knit a kid a scarf yeah. for his 12th birthday in 2023, do you think that kid's happy? No. And yeah, he sh- I don't he sh- and he
1: shouldn't be. No, because you could buy that same scarf at Target for you
0: know probably less than what you knitted it for.
1: Yeah, and this is, and we're not sponsored by Target.
0: Or maybe Michaels. Yeah. We're also not sp- uh, sponsored by Michaels either.
1: We can say craft store or arts know, and crafts. You can store. say cr- craft store, yeah. Know, supermarket, yeah, or no, 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 no a department store. Sure, would be the correct. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah.
0: But the real gift that Charlie gets, right, is a Wonka.
1: Is that, and that's what, that's what he says, and it's not, it's not even like the standard Wonka bar. Um, he says it is. It's a Wonka, and it's not the Wonka bar. It what it looks like. Is, it looks like it might be like a moon pie. Uh,
0: it is kind of a moon pie, right? Because they have yeah. the there's the scrumdiddlyumptious bar, which is the long skinny one, mm-hmm. and then there's your standard rectangular shaped
1: Hershey's bar. Hershey's
0: bar look, yeah. That's kind of your standard Wonka bar. And yeah. then this one is more of the moon pie version. Right. So he goes to open up his, his gift that he got, and he turns his back to his grandparents, and he opens it up, and he says, I got
1: it! Yeah. And like, oh, where do you see it? And he's like, fool, it, you didn't I? Like, what? Who was who that for, man? He just
0: lied to him. Well, I think they were excited for him, you know, because they love him. Yeah. He's the light of their day, every single day. And they got him a gift, and they wanted him to get the golden ticket. And he wanted to please them. He wanted to make them happy in return. For that brief second. For that brief second, he tried to provide it with a lie. Let's call it a fib. But he wasn't even laughing. He was like, fool you did not I. Like, it was a sad thing. I know. He I didn't even, really thought I had it. Yeah, he didn't even sell it no. all that well.
1: It was all, no. It's,
0: the delivery think. was nice. I'll give it to him. There was yeah. some enthusiasm. But, eh. It didn't really pay off.
1: Yeah. Charlie has some... He's a decent child actor for this. You know, he definitely seems to use the emotion correctly, you know, so you know he does that, and he he wants to pass it around nobody else wants to eat it and that little mic there almost fell down, I I apologize
0: Charlie's trying to give the Charlie's trying to give the moon pie to the rest of his family. And And they don't want it. They all say no. It just kind of turns into this sad, awkward situation. But then we transition into a factory full of women.
1: Oh, yeah. Sign of of the
0: times. Yep. Sign of the times.
1: And they look like they're in in nun uniforms, but I'm pretty sure what that is is just it's for for sanitation purposes. you know. So we go into the salts factory, right? Um, That's what it's called. And they are, on. Uh, un- you see all these women on a line on these factory lines, just rapidly, rapidly opening up chocolate, like boxes. And then you see, you see men or people in the background, uh, workers carrying around boxes of chocolate for them to unwrap. Just all this chocolate, completely just getting all unwrapped.
0: Yep, and we are introduced to the Salt family, right? Mm-hmm. Henry and Henrietta Salt again are the parents of one of the nicest characters in all of cinema, Veruca. Veruca Salt, who is completely humble. Yep, and appreciates everything that she's given, and
1: would later become a band name as well. Really, Veruca Salt's a band.
0: I think I've heard of it. Metal, hard rock,
1: Uh, it's something.
0: Well, anyway, she's not any of those things. Okay, Uh, she's mean. She's spoiled. And her parents give her whatever she wants. Yeah. And she's complaining in her dad's office that she wants a golden ticket, and she, she wa- wants it now.
1: She wanted to be the first, right? She wanted to be the first, so she's pissed off that she's not the first, right? And Mr. Salt is doing his best to appease her. He's like, I know, we're trying everything we can. And, you know, she's getting so upset, just begging her, like, please, let me help you out. And she's just, she's out of, out of her freaking mind. Right, she's blaming the dad, she's blaming the, the factory workers, you know, all that stuff. So they haven't shelled up peanuts this Monday, right? And it's just, she says, make them work nights, like just completely awful. This
0: father has no willpower. Yeah, he's not the alpha in this family. It no. is Veruca. Even the mom, Henrietta, says, "You're going to be very unpopular around here, Henry, if you can't produce a golden ticket." Yeah, it's right.
1: Absolute, it's horrible.
0: Like, and uh, I mean these are f- these are essentially factory workers that are supposed to be shelling peanuts, and now they're shelling Wonka bars. Yeah, just trying to find this like golden ticket. And he mentions is seven hundred and sixty thousand candy bars that yeah. they have torn apart. Nineteen thousand an hour. And they can't find this golden ticket. No.
1: Nineteen thousand an hour, which and is Veruca crazy.
0: says they're not even trying. Make them work nights. It's it's, it's insane. And then yeah, slavery I mean, is really what it is.
1: Yeah. It's awful.
0: He does offer them uh, a raise, essentially. For who finds it. Who finds it. Who finds it gets an
1: extra pound in their penny pocket, which I'm not, it doesn't matter. I'm not not too sure what that means. But, so then after that, you know, they're trying to, he's trying to calm her down. Trying to calm her down. There's commotion. One of the, one of the workers, one of the workers exclaims that they got it. I got it, Mr. Salt. Here it is. And then the worker gets brought up to Mr. Salt. And you see, again, after that, a man rushes up. This is the same man that we kind of saw from
0: earlier. It was the waiter. The waiter that we saw. The waiter that was talking to Augustus Gloop with the scar on his face. Yep. Conveniently happens to be in the Salt peanut factory. Yeah. And approaches, not Veruca. He, Does yeah. he approach
1: Veruca? Yeah, he approaches Veruca. So he goes up to... So he goes up.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because she gets rushed up by this man yep. to Veruca. She hey. hands the golden ticket to Veruca, and now this mysterious waiter from Augustus Gloop's restaurant is now dressed in just a in a raincoat and, and just starts whispering in her ear. Holding, you know, this definitely, I don't think you could do that now is...
1: Because he's basically holding both her shoulders and, like, guiding her up the stairs and whispering into her ear. We don't, again, this non-audible, right? And the mother, by the way, everyone, like, likes to shit on Grandpa Joe. But Mrs. Salt's also horrible because she's enabling Veruca to be this monster. She's not helping parent her at all, you know?
0: This is not the movie to um, base your parenting decisions and ethics and morals around. No. These are not. This is not the movie to, uh, you know, witness some some great parenting decisions here. They've just now exhaled because yeah. their daughter finally shut up because for a little she bit. got a golden ticket. Yeah, happiness and harmony.
1: They're definitely British, by the way. I'm not sure we mentioned this. That that, that they're British. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, because Mr. Salt's definitely British. Um, and then after that, we kind of we get to a different scene. Uh, They're showing that this is a result of this, is that there's all this, you know, that they're sold out. They're doing another news report. They're sold out entirely. There's trash everywhere. And just the amount of, like, dedication and going into this candy bar is wild. You know, everyone's buying it, and they're sold out. So now they cut to another scene, the next scene. Another one of these... It's another quack scene. Yeah, another quack scene. It's great. Another just character building... Not character building. World building of this. And this is a technician here talking about... They basically made chat GPT back then to find out where the three remaining golden tickets are. And he's there, super proud.
0: There was a machine that this guy could essentially talk to. And the machine knew everything. It can compute mathematical probabilities. And he tells this machine... Sorry, he asks the machine right. where the golden or where the next golden ticket is he, and where it will be found.
1: This machine is huge, by the way. It's it's like the size of like an old copier, and you know, old Xerox machine that you might find at a school or office back in the day. And he doesn't ask it by like, hey, where's it at? He's pushing these buttons, it's like these same like. And three... There's only
0: like nine buttons on this thing.
1: Yeah, there's like only nine buttons, and he's pushing the same three buttons to get there. And so he pushes it, and by the way, he's doing this in front of these three, what we presume to be our investors, these people who funded, hey, right. you need to find out where it's at, right? So he you know, did this for his three investors and asked the machine where it's at, and the machine says, I won't tell because that would be cheating,
0: so he looks embarrassed, and he crumples up the sheet of paper, and he says, I will now tell the computer that if it gives me the answer, I will share with it the grand Amen. prize. And then the computer comes back with, what would a computer do with a lifetime supply of chocolate?
1: <laughs> and, he does a, and, and he does a chuckle. He, he, he chuckles, right? The technician looks, you know, and the other guys, eh, they actually give him a little light of chocolate. Then he starts furiously pushing the computer buttons to find to kind of get into where it's at. And then we get to our next our next contestant winner, contest winner. And Charlie is finding out this by looking at a TV through an appliance store window. And we're in Miles City, Montana, right? And we have a character by the name of Violet Beauregard with his news report right here. And her father is again another one of these caricatures. So they definitely have this guy as like a used car. He's a literal used car salesman and local politician. But the absolute caricature of what that like kind of person is. Every
0: line he feeds you is a bunch of BS. You don't believe a word that he says? Yeah. I mean, he's the typical used car salesman. Fast talking, all
1: that stuff. And then, Violet Beauregard, who isn't exactly a, a saint either, you know. And the father is Sam Beauregard, by the way. So he, he does that. Eventually, the reporter gets the uh, gets his you know microphone back to get an interview. Actually, no, excuse me. Violet grabs her grabs the microphone. It's like, hey, hi, how you doing? I got the ticket, you know, and is telling them the reporter wants to know how it happened, and she's telling the reporter, oh, I you know fucking love gum. I chew gum all the time, and then you know, I switched to chocolate, and after that, she by the way she been chewing the same piece of chocolate for 3 months and sticking it behind her ear which is just It's just disgusting that's gross yeah absolutely disgusting
0: i have never stuck anything behind my ear if anything especially a piece of gum you just yeah. throw it away and get another piece or put it in like a piece of paper or something i don't know behind your ear i'm did she, and i think she says that it's a world record cuz she beats she beats her friend miss
1: you know Cornelia prince meta I have the little uh yep, I'm a gum chewer, all that stuff. I chewed all day except for
0: uh, all that stuff. She would just take it out to eat her meals, stick yeah. it behind her ear, but she broke the world record for chewing gum.
1: Yes. and it, it, she that is a world record. And being by record by my best friend, Miss Cornelia Prince Metal. So two girls from the same town held the record for the longest time chewing a piece of gum. That's that's what's going on in this book. You know, or at least in this movie.
0: They were just trying to one-up each other. Yeah. I mean, mean, you know. Um, This is also the, what, third? This is the third person. This is the third winner, right? This is the third contest winner, so there's only two left. It's the first one from America.
1: First one from America. So quick math, right? There's five. We have three winners, so there's two left. You know, that's quick math. But, so now, she says, you know, I switched chocolate. Now I've won, and... Right before that happens, right? She's, she's saying all this stuff, but the camera kind of pans back down, and you see the same man from before, you know, with the scar and the octagonal glasses whispering into her ear. and we don't and it's not audible, and we cut to the next scene, which we are at Mrs. Bucket's uh, laundromat, or, yeah. or at least the laundromat where she works, you know. Uh, it's definitely old, and she's and everything, she's washing everything by hand, which I'm not sure if they had. Looks
0: like she's got an oar. Yeah, it, from absolutely. a canoe.
1: It's a big it's a big wooden paddle. and She's yeah. like, stirring around the clothes and like using an old uh wa- like a washboard. Is that how they used to do laundry? Yeah, back in the 70s, like manual agitation. Yeah, yeah. But in the 70s, I, I do you know I don't know if this is 70s per se when it's supposed to take place. Well,
0: that's fair. The movie was released in
1: 1971. Yeah, possible. I think they had. Long- I think they had washing machines back then.
0: When was washer and dryer? It had. To, yeah. 1937, commercial washer and dryers. Completely automatic clothes washer was developed by Bendix Home Appliances in 1937. The first washer dryer combination unit. In 1953. Oh, party on. Yeah. So, yeah. I, don't, I mean, she has a lot of people's clothes in that room. Yeah. And hanging up on clothespins. And I get it. Like, some people, I feel like some people probably still use clothespins today. But it's just but.
1: like, <sighs> I don't understand. Because if, if old boy was born in 1916, right? So when was Charlie? Oh,
0: yes. Old boy being raw Dull. Scandinavian. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Scandinav- uh, pr- presumably, until I get corrected. Um. So when was Charlie Factory? So it was written in 1964. Written, so by then, he already known that there was washers and dryers commercially available, but still decided to paint this picture of her working at a laundromat, doing it by hand, and Charlie comes in. Charlie comes in to let her know, like what's going on. And she was on. He was on her. He was on his way home and thought to stop by. He finished his paper route, and you know, kind of want to let her know. By the way, they found a third winner. So he seems a little bit discouraged. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, this is a scene where it's time for mom to step in. Yeah, and encourage him and say, hold your head up high. Yeah. It's okay. And she really boils it down for him. There's millions of people on this earth, mm-hmm. and only five people are going to win. So when you ultimately don't win,
1: that's you're going to be just like everybody yeah. else,
0: right? And uh, she does offer him that one nugget of perspective, is that things will probably turn up for you when you least expect it. So that, And that's kind of the... Exactly. And that's,
1: like, that's the biggest thing, right? Charlie is upset, but he does—he says, like, I'm different. I want it more than any of them, which uh
0: So that's the second time that Desmond has been said. Grandpa Joe said that he's going to get a ticket because yeah. he wants it more, and Charlie said he's going to get one because he wants it more. That doesn't mean anything. I, I want a lot yeah. of things more. That doesn't mean that you're just going to get it by chance.
1: I think it's just like, you know, they're trying—you know, maybe this is the the— we're looking at this. This is the, the, the fantastical part. The main character is supposed to be relatable. So like, yes, I want it more. And, you know, relate to the little, little kids reading it. Yeah, of course, they want that more than anybody else. But the mom, she keeps it real. She's like, hey, listen, there are, she says there are 100 billion people in this world. And that's inaccurate. But, you know, there's a slightly. hundred. S- yeah, slightly. Slightly okay. inaccurate yeah. back in 1971. Yeah. and um, And then even if you had a sack full of money,
0: you probably wouldn't find one. Yeah.
1: And after this contest, it'll be no different from anybody else. But she does say, you know, and then, you know, Charlie, you'll get your chance. And one day things will change.
0: You know, I had a high school guidance counselor that basically told everybody that whatever they wanted to be when they grew up, mm-hmm. they were going to amount to nothing unless they just became a high school guidance counselor. <laughs> anybody who had any lofty goals of becoming a lawyer, professional athlete, mm-hmm. astronaut, you know. Yeah, ah, uh, you should probably shoot for something a little more realistic, like high school guidance yeah, counselor. Exactly. <laughs> Keep those expectations nice and low. So, <laughs> and that's kind of what Charlie's mom's doing yeah. here. Yeah, you, know? you know, you're like, not gonna win this contest. You just visited me at the laundromat that I work at, and you I st- make- stupid kid. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna win this contest. And then she, you know, starts singing one of the next songs in the film, "Cheer Up, Charlie," which I, which you told me you don't like. Uh, Well, it's not that I don't like it, but when I was a kid, I would always fast forward to this part. Yeah. Whenever I was watching it on my VHS. Lucky. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, because it's kind of a downer.
1: It is, but I like the scene because it kind of, you know, I I don't know. I never saw this kind of town that he's walking through. This town, you can just tell, it's super European. There's no American town that looks like this that he's walking through at night, right? It. You know, I think there's a little, there's a little charm to this, you know, this walk through the night. But also, he's walking by himself. It definitely is, definitely dark. You know, even if I know they mentioned earlier when he finds a ticket, what date it is. But we know it's during the school year. It's early in, right? So it's like, it's like September. But it shouldn't be getting dark this soon. Like no chance in hell. So why is this kid walking by himself?
0: You know, it's. I think there's probably less crime back then. Sign of the Times. Sign of the Times.
1: I think crime was higher in nineteen seventy
0: one. I don't know. But people left their doors unlocked. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. Not on Long Island. Uh. Uh,
1: <laughs> so now Charlie's walking home, you hear the song going on in the background, and she's this song is so nice, like, don't worry, everything's gonna be fine, Charlie. All this, you know, imagery of how great everything's gonna be. And Charlie hears
0: none of it. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these lyrics probably could have been said to him.
1: Yeah, that would have helped him out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not like she finished the song and then Charlie was like, Oh gee, thanks, mom. Yeah. He was already halfway across town, back home. Yeah.
1: But Charlie is, you know, you see him and he looks like, yeah, you know, maybe maybe my mom's right, kinda of thinking about it a little bit more, but you know, that's the end of that scene. And I think that might be the end of this episode too.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No more words from our sponsors
1: uh let me check with our engineer. He's saying no, dang it. are we paying that guy, our engineer? No, not a chance at home
0: okay, yeah,
1: um some dumb intern, you know uh so we uh we covered a bit today. you know we're gonna to get into the rest of the contest winners, uh whoever they might be. if you haven't seen this movie, if you have, you know exactly who it's going to be, but um. We will be back next time. I'm not we're not gonna get into when these get released because who's to say? Post COVID. Yeah, it's post COVID, so who knows guys, you know. We're working on it. Uh please be sure to listen for the next one and remember to tweet us on all of our all of our podcast inaccuracies.
0: And retweet us. Yeah do that too yeah yeah
1: and Instagram shit I don't, I'm not I'm on
0: Instagram yeah no. well that's okay yeah you, that's, don't, you don't necessarily have to be in no. fact I don't even think we have an Instagram account yet we don't although by the time that you're listening to us hopefully we have thousands, thousands. of followers absolutely and views and this is and not subscriptions
1: this doesn't all sound like desperation either so it's fine no yeah. it's not you know? no so
0: yeah uh, thanks for listening guys and we will be back with the next one.
1: Oh yeah we oh, yeah.